0: Praise God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Father God, we just invite you now. Just just pray out to him. We invite you now, Father God, to continue to stir in our minds and our hearts. Let this word come alive in us. Let it be my words or your words are spoken and not my own, Father God. And may we receive the lesson you have for us this day. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. And the saints of God said... Amen. Give Him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. I'm excited. I'm excited today. We're doing baby dedications I love. Baby dedications more than anything else. Because it is the start of something fresh. Something new. Something pure. It's exciting. Oftentimes the we talk about legacy as something that when someone leaves us, when they've finished their journey and they leave, legacy is something that they've left behind, whether it be an inheritance, whether it be lessons, life lessons learned, or work ethic, or whatever the case is. And we talk about it usually in the past tense. Today, I want to say that legacy starts now. It starts today. We've got to learn to be intentional about our legacy, to develop those things. How can I leave something unless I begin to gather it up? How can I leave a trademark or a work ethic unless I begin to teach it to my children even now? See, I'm in this interesting stage in life where I have some that have gone on and some that are still home. And this is the thing that I reflect on. Is like, did I do good enough? Did I teach him enough? And then I look back and I said, I, sh- I could have done better. I should have done better. And so this hits home for me today. So whatever stage in life you're at, whether you're a grandparent or a parent or a uh, uncle or an aunt, uh, whatever it is, you have a part in someone's life. You have influence. You have The ability to pray over them and to cover them in your prayers. You are still involved. You are still important. There is no such thing as empty nest in the fact that they are still in your heart. Amen. Amen. So here we are. We're going to dedicate babies, and we find this throughout Scripture, dedicated unto God. We know that Elkanah and Hannah dedicate Samuel unto God in 1 Samuel 1, 24-28. You can read that story. Hannah prayed desperately. She was a barren woman who desperately cried out before the Lord for years and years and years. And finally, he blessed her, and she says, I'm going to return him to you. We see that Mary and Joseph in Luke 2, 21, they brought Jesus on the eighth day to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. Again, we read in in, uh, the story of Abraham how he returned Isaac in a manner back to the Lord when he laid him on the altar, trusting God. And that was the promise. He trusted God. We receive children. And in our Christian faith, we dedicate that child back to God, saying we realize that we are only stewards of this child. We are only to teach and mentor and to bring them up. That the child, the children, we all belong to God. We are God's children. Now, as stewards, that takes up a whole different idea. Let me explain that to you. When I read in scriptures in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, we all heard this, train up a child, in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now here's the crazy thing. I've heard that quoted a lot of different ways. It doesn't say raise up. You go back to the original language. I'm going to just put my teaching hat on just for a moment. It's not raise up. It's not feed them, clothe them, shelter them, and they won't depart from the Lord. That's not what it says. It doesn't say Put them in sports and school and make sure they're, they, you know, they're a starter or they're in music or band or whatever. That, that's not what it says. It says train, train up a child in the way they should go. And that's an interesting word. And I, and I, I love to, uh, when I start researching scripture and it's called uh, and and your exegete, the scriptures, these are all big terms. They're saying go back and see what the original said. And as parents, we are charged and mandated by Scripture to train up, not raise up, our children in the fear and admiration of the Lord. It reminds me in a time of my life when, uh, I, I want to say this very clearly, I was a young Marine. I wasn't in the Marine Corps. There was a program called Young Marines. And they put bratty kids in there, and the, the drill sergeants tried to get a hold of them. And my mom signed me up for Young Marines, which this was the crazy part. It was like... Um, Boy Scouts on steroids, I'll say. As a young man, I'm rappelling off a 200-foot tower. As a young man, I'm doing push-ups in the middle of a puddle on my knuckles, and I'm running, and the drill sergeant is in my face. I'm like, what is it? What did you sign me up for? But my mom had the wisdom and insight because, you know, dad wasn't there. So, hey, you're going to have a male influence in your life, and it was the drill sergeant. I had to do what they said or else. Or else. They were training me mentally and physically and emotionally. They were training me. When someone is in the military or armed forces or even in uh, sports, if any of you have ever been in any sort of sports or any sort of program, you know that there are practices. And sometimes at the practice, there's calisthenics and you don't want to do that, or there's practice that you don't want to do. It's difficult, it's painful. But if you want to play in the game, or if you want to perform, or you want to do well in whatever area of life it is, if you want to do well in that thing, you've got to endure the pain to get the results. Amen? That is training. I remember when I was training my boys, and Ezekiel, we had a boxing club, and Zeke was, uh, he wanted to box, so we are training him. And that took... Push-ups, sit-ups, work on the heavy bag. He had to run miles of running. We had to do steps. We had to do multiple things. We had to get in the ring and, 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 and let him go at it. And sometimes my heart would pull because some of these guys were bigger and faster. And he would get in there and, t- you know, tangle up. That was training. Oftentimes, the push-ups, the sit-ups, the bag work, the running, the getting punched in the face, that was hurting. It was painful, but it was training. And it got to a point where he did achieve some goals. He was the uh, state champ, uh, silver medal, uh, uh, silver gloves. And we we took him out there. He competed. And he was able to uh, compete at a high level in the state. And he won the 95-pound silver glove state championship. But he didn't win that by just walking in and saying, here I am. I want to box. Right? See, I can walk around CMU's football stadium all I want. I can know the players and the stats, but it doesn't make me a football player. I might know about it. I might wear the colors. I might be the most enthusiastic person out there, but it doesn't make me a player in the game. So sometimes we have parents who launch their children into adulthood having not trained them. And they're supposed to be adulting. And really what it is is that they're lost. They're trying to find their way. And they say, well, I just want to let them make their own decisions. No, no, you just, you just launch them to uh, uncertainty and confusion and doubt. And when you don't have a direction, you're, you, you blow wherever the wind takes you. Yes, they have to learn some lessons on their own. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is let's equip them. I'm not saying that necessarily, not Pastor Felix, but the scriptures that I'm going to share with you tell you that. And when you look at this word that it says train up, it's very specific. And, and before I became a lead pastor, I was a youth pastor. And I had parents that I had their kids in children's church. And then as we went to teens, and next you know, these, these, these students are graduating. And they're going on and living their life. And some of them were hellions. I'm not going to lie, they got in a lot of trouble. There was jail time, there was DUIs, There's all these different things. Um, there was uh, pregnancies out of, out of wedlock, and these are church kids. And the parents would come up to me and say, I don't understand. I've raised them in church, why are they turning out like that? And then this is my response. You raised them in church, but you failed to raise them in Christ. See, it's about relationship, not church attendance. Just because you step in the building doesn't mean you know him. Brother Lonnie had a testimony. He said, this week I got before the Lord. I was worshiping. I was crying out before him. He didn't understand. He may not have even gotten the answers he was looking for, but he got the peace of God because he got into his presence. That's relationship. It's all about relationship. You can memorize the Bible if you want, but if you don't know him, there's no relationship. In the original language, when we read about uh, the training, that that word in the Hebrew is kanak. And that means to train, to dedicate, to set apart, and to make submissive. Some people don't make their kids submit. Why raise a brat that no one's going to like? And I'm not trying to be mean here. But if you don't deal with them, then the teachers got to deal with them. And Lord knows the teachers don't want to. And if they don't deal with them, then the boss is going to fire him. The police are going to pick him up. They're going to have to be dealt with at some point. Why not make them submit to right authority as a child and train them in the manner in which they should go? Does that make sense? I'm not saying be a vicious dictator and lord over your child. There's verses against that. I'm going to share that with you here in just a moment. But if we don't teach them the right now, somebody is going to teach them. I'd rather be me who loves them unconditionally, train them the right way than for someone else. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. I had a, I had a buddy, and, and, and Ray, if you see this, sorry, but I, I had a buddy come out and come camping with us, and he brought his two little kids, who, uh, you know, and his dog. And none of them listen. I was like, hey, buddy. I was like, your kids don't listen. Your dog do not listen. He's like, now, Pastor, that's not you. My dog does listen. <laughs> he knew his kids were wild. And he would turn to me. He's like, where's, where's, you know, he'd say his kid's name. Where's he at? I'm like, man, I don't know. Why are you asking me? You're the dad? And so, and then we're all, so now we got a search party. He, he was around, but we're all like, look, where's he at? Where's going?" Hey, don't touch that. That's hot. That's a fire. He burns his hand. Well, he didn't listen. Reaching for a hot cup of coffee. I wouldn't do that. Don't do that. Psh, coffee. And so he said, why well, don't, get, then he got frustrated. He goes, what am I supposed to do? Just beat his butt? I'm like, whoa, no. There were several steps before that. You counted to three, 20 times. You threaten timeout, but let him pick up a piece of trash and get out of timeout. There, there was all these steps that he didn't make him mind. He didn't make him submit, and he kept compromising. And as a result, they got hurt, misplaced, you know, among other things. And I'm not trying to be mean to him. It's just that you got to be consistent, and training sometimes involves things that are uncomfortable. So, as parents, we need to set the example. Part of training, when I trained Zeke, I, I showed him what my uncle showed me. My uncle was a pro boxer, boxed on, who remembers Wide World of Sports? Way back when, that's, that's dating you now. That, that was what ESPN was for us, Wide World of Sports. You know, this was back in the day. And my uncle showed me some things, and then uh, he, he showed me. All right, this is how you stand. This is what you do. This is how you move. This is what you got to do. And when they, when they hit you, this way. And so then I patterned that for Zeke. All right, this is what you got to do. And then if there's stuff I didn't know, I brought them to someone who did know. Watch this guy. He knows what to do. Pa- and so we do these things. We do the drills. I had to pattern it for him or get someone who knew how to pattern it for him, for him to learn. I had to, as a parent, set the example. I had to instruct. And when there was something not right... I had to correct. Now this was interesting, because he didn't like the correction. So in boxing, if you don't keep your hands up, you're going to get what? You're going to hit in the face. I said, "Keep your hands up." I am. Well, I see it right here. This is keeping your hands up. You got to cover your face, right? You don't want to get hit. You got to cover your face. So uh, he thought he was, and when I cre- and he said, "Why well, you ever tell me is what I'm doing wrong?" So I had to learn as a parent. Let me encourage him and reinforce what he also does right. I had to learn that. I wasn't very good at it. Sorry, son. I wasn't very good at that. My, my, you know what my cliche was? I was like, well, just assume everything else is right unless I correct you. That ain't, you know, I mean, I, I could defend myself with that, but he needs to hear when he did right also. Sometimes we need the peace of God when we are walking the right path. We got the confidence that he's pleased with us. We, we got to know that. And he does that not always by an audible voice that comes down from the Lord. But sometimes you're reading the scripture and something speaks to you and you get excited. Sometimes you've you got the worship music playing and you feel good and excited. You feel peace and liberty and joy and freedom. That's the Lord saying, well done. Keep it up. I'm with you. It's interesting how the Bible tells us a couple of different things. We know that we gotta train up a child, we got to encourage them and hold them accountable, and we have to reinforce good and, and, and help them in all these different ways. We also gotta cover them in prayer. Right? It's not just about the substance that they have. And it's not just about when you get mad. Now you're gonna do something. No, no, no. See, God says in His Word that He chastises those that He loves. He says that in Hebrews 12:6, Proverbs 3:12. He chastises those He loves, and He brings them to a new place. If, and I often say this with people because sometimes I'm I'm misunderstood because um, that's who I am. When you're when you're male role models. When your your male role models are drill sergeants when you grow up, and then you come into contact with other people, and it's time for you to instruct, that is part of my DNA. A coach, a drill instructor, and I don't mean to be rude or mean, I do it out of love. Some people are like, well, if you love me, can you tone it down a little, love me a little less? And here's the thing that I say, and it's often misunderstood. Because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't take the time to pour into you. This isn't easy work. When you're in ministry, you live in a glass house. There's one of me and all of you. A lot of stones, a lot of opinions of how I should do things or this or that. But here's the thing. I, I march on anyway because I love you. I got a call to do this thing. And I do it because I care. The benefits aren't great because there are none. The benefits are that you love me in return. Amen? So when I take the time and I pray about what scriptures are bringing, and, and, I, and I have these examples and illustrations, and I share and be transparent with my own life so you can look into it and, and and gather some lessons, it's because I love you. And this is what the Word of God said. It's interesting. It says that if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. In Proverbs, it says that. Let me read it for you. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. If you love them, you'll be careful to discipline them. But here's the other interesting thing. There's balance. I love this in scripture. Ephesians 6.4 says, Not to provoke your children to anger, but to bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. See, my buddy who had the rowdy kids, he only wanted to discipline them after he got angry. It's too late. Because now you're going to respond in anger. And they're not going to receive that well. They need to hear you say, Listen, son, I told you once. I might have even told you twice. You're defying me, and I can't allow that because that's going to affect you when you're older. And so, for that reason, I'm going to give you a, a timeout, or, or what my parents used to say, Tu quieres a Papao is like, Papa papao. Usually, it was with one of my mom's chancletas, a shoe or something. I don't know how you guys do it, but my mom would whip that shoe. I'd try to dive around the corner. It was like a boomerang. <laughs> I'm like, how did you hit me? And I'm behind the fridge. She's like, I knew where you were. And had a throw on that shoe. I don't know how she did but she did it. And it was out of love because she was trying to correct something that was bad so that when I'm older in the bad, because see, this, the, the, the price gets higher the older we get, amen? If they don't teach me to pay my debts when I'm young, it, it might just mean that, you know, I don't get a pair of shoes or a sucker or go outside for recess. You don't pay when you're debt. When you're older, they're going to repossess your house and your car and you're going to be homeless and broke. It goes a lot higher, right? If I, if I don't teach them to respect me and to respect authority, they're not going to respect their boss. They're going to lose their job. Or they're not going to respect the officer and they're going to go to jail. They're not going to respect themselves. And get abused, used, rode hard, hung up wet. We got to pattern it for them. So even if we didn't get raised right, okay, now I'm going to preach. Just because you didn't get raised right doesn't mean that you continue the cycle. That's no excuse. It's your job to start course correcting. We all have to correct course as we're going. If you fly from, from Chicago to Florida and there's some winds blowing, you sometimes hear, okay, please fasten your seatbelts. We're experiencing some turbulence. We're going to go up another 10,000 feet. He's course correcting. That's life. So we hit a bump in the road, we got to correct. we got to grab the steering wheel a little bit harder. we got to pay a little closer attention. we got to adjust. So this is the charge that I'm going to give to the parents today. And this is the charge that God gives all of us. Dad is to model respect. Respect for his spouse, respect for others, and respect for God. Because if a child can't respect his own family, his own mother and father, he'll never learn to respect God and God's house. The mom is charged to model love. To love the dad, to love the children, to love the family. And to love God. If he can't learn to love those who he can see, how can he love the one who he can't see? The family is charged to encourage the the, the rest of them. To to encourage the children to not quit when times get tough. Because we all know times get tough. Don't quit. You can do it. The family's there to encourage them. Because sometimes uncles, aunts, and, and grandpas and grandmas and sisters and brothers, the, they're going to come to you when they're upset with mom and dad. And hopefully, they don't just find a listening ear, but an encouraging ear to talk to that's going to pour in wisdom into their life, right? The worst thing you do is go to someone who's going to give you bad advice. Oh, I wouldn't take that. You go tell your mom this. No, no, no. Uh-uh. uh don't, don't do that to mom. She's going to teach you more than love in a minute. The church is also part of this. Because when we read in uh, the story of Hannah and Mary and Joseph, they brought the child to where? The, to the temple, to the church. The church family is a part of it. Because we are also, it says, what's the old uh, the saying? It takes a... To raise a child. Why? Because gonna, they're going to be out somewhere, and I'm not going to see them, and you are. Huh? You're going to be driving by, and you see them acting crazy on the corner. I'm like, uh-uh. Hey, come over here. Let me talk to you a minute. You think your dad will be happy? No. You think God will be happy? No. So why are you doing that? You're representing your family's good name. You're representing the church. You're representing God. And you're out here acting like a crazy fool. I've heard, I've heard those things. I'm, I'm not going to go there, but did you beat them up? No. Did you cuss them out? No. You, you encouraged them. You supported them and said, hey, you're off track. Let's get back on track. And this, this is something else. What goes around comes around. There's little birdies everywhere. Children, teenagers, <laughs> you ain't going to get away with nothing. Ultimately, God knows, but somebody's going to see something and say something somewhere. Amen. So at this time, I'm not going to belabor it anymore, but I just want to encourage you all that you have a part. You have a part in helping. Lonnie, you have a part in helping me raise my kids. Although it may seem unlikely, you do. A smiling face, a high five, an encouraging word. Miss Charlene, your prayers are coveted. You are helping me raise my children, even the adult ones. Because you know what? I got one that's not serving the Lord right now, and he needs prayer. Can you guys join me in prayer with that? Right? He's lost his way. Now, here's the rest of that verse. When you train up a child and the way they should go, when they're old, and when I looked up that word, that was advanced in years and mature. How many know maturity takes some time? Then they would do it. And and the the commentary said it's like a vessel that when it first had something in it, it always kind of tastes like it. You know, you got that, that cast iron pan and you cook that one thing. And whatever else you cook in there tastes like what you first cooked. It's baked in. They may wander around. They may get distracted. But when they come to their senses, when they mature a little bit, that's when they come back. That's the hope that we have. That's the prayer that we have. That if we continue and press on. I got one is acting crazy right now, but I love him and we're praying for him. And I'm praying that what I trained in him is baked in and that when he comes to his senses... He'll come back around. Amen. Let's give Bishop a hand for that powerful word. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Uh, Lord, we just come to thank you, dear Father. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the lives that were saved and changed today, dear Father. Lord, we know the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Lord, we ask you to uh, continue to bless us and keep us, dear Father. Lord, we ask that you order our steps, dear Father. Lord, continue to be with the bereaved family, dear Father. Let them know that you're there, and let them know that they can lean and depend on you, dear Father. Lord, we just ask that you be with your people this week, dear Father. Continue to bless us and keep us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.